Hello all, and welcome to this episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's military mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long-forgotten MIAs are remembered here. Today's episode is titled, Goldie Goes Home, and I'm your host, Rick Stone. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the Foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. And now, on with our show. We have a very, very special episode for you today. It is our honor and our privilege to hear from a 97-year-old Marine who describes in his own words about helping bury a fellow Marine in the sands of Tarawa. The buried Marine was lost for almost 75 years until our good friend, Sergeant Edward Gazelle, provided the essential clue for our foundation to identify the burial location of the lost MIA. While the title of our show today is Goldie Goes Home, it could easily be We All Pray to the Same God, Son. And later in our show, you will find out exactly why this title would be equally appropriate. Usually in our podcast, we begin by describing details about the specific American serviceman or servicewoman who is missing in action. But today, we're starting our show by introducing you to Unknown X277, the remains of an unknown Marine who was discovered on the small Pacific island of Tarawa by the Army Graves Registration Service, or AGRIS, in 1946 but whose identity remained a mystery for decades. In March 1946, the 604th Army Graves Registration Service Company arrived at Tarawa. Their instructions were to consolidate the hundreds of individual burials located in 41 separate cemeteries from the 1943 battle into a single cemetery on Basio Island in the Tarawa Atoll. This task was accomplished after much difficulty in finding and identifying the dead. The skeletal bodies that were located were disinterred, wrapped in a blanket, placed in a wooden casket, and then reburied in a single cemetery designated as Lone Palm Cemetery. The remains that could not be identified were designated as an unknown, and they were assigned an X number and the skull was photographed from three angles with the intent that the photos would aid in future identification efforts. Little did Agris know that their faith in the future, their faith in future technology, would come to pass. Seventy-five years later, a company named Missing Person Link of Canada, with foundation assistance, would develop a computerized cranial facial recognition program that has helped our foundation identify many MIAs in our investigations. In late 1946 and early 1947, all of the bodies in Lone Palm Cemetery were again disinterred and shipped to the Central Identification Laboratory of the Schofield Mausoleum on the island of Oahu, Hawaii. Between 1947 and 1949, the staff of the Central Identification Laboratory reprocessed all of the remains from Lone Palm Cemetery. They were able to identify many of the remains who were then shipped home to the mainland United States for hometown burials per their family's request. 
Others from Lone Palm Cemetery were buried in the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific, also known as the Punch Bowl, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Most of the examinations at the Central Identification Laboratory were conducted by Dr. Charles E. Snow and Dr. Mildred Trotter. Dr. Snow is a highly regarded scholar and was the Army's first physical anthropologist. The methods he developed in identifying skeletal remains are still in use today. Dr. Trotter is also regarded as one of the premier physical anthropologists of the 20th century, with special emphasis on human bone and hair identification. Dr. Trotter, along with Dr. G.C. Glasser, developed a method to estimate stature. This method is still in use by modern forensic identification laboratories all around the world. Despite concerted efforts by the anthropologist and other staff members at the Central Identification Laboratory, many individuals disinterred from Long Palm Cemetery could not be identified and were reburied in the Punchbowl Cemetery with their unknown designation. An X-file was completed for each of these unknowns containing all of the documentation and information that was available from the original recovery and the reburial at Lone Palm Cemetery. Also included in the X-file is information pertaining to the subsequent disinterment and the post-mortem examination by the specialist at the Central Identification Laboratory. While a member of the Department of Defense in 2011 and 2012, my review of all of the X-Files for the Terrell Unknowns indicated that a meticulous and painstaking effort was made by the anthropologist to ensure that the bones examined were associated with only one individual. In many of the cases, there was evidence that commingling of remains occurred during the burials and disinterments on Tarawa prior to the arrival at the Central Identification Laboratory, and that the anthropologist identified and removed these extra parts. I vehemently disagreed with a previous JPAC, that's Joint POW Accounting Command, investigator who placed a memo in each file of the Tarawa Unknowns which stated that the, as a result of co-mingling the quote JPAC and Defense POW MIA Accounting Command staff cannot state with certainty that any single X-file represents the remains of any single missing service member from the Battle of Tarawa end quote. The result of this error-filled memo with its obvious erroneous conclusion, was that no further effort was made toward identifying the Tarawa unknowns until I disputed the memo's findings in 2011. By the way, the author of the memo is now a high-ranking manager at the Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency. Unknown X-277 was recovered by AGRIS personnel on Sunday, 12 May, 1946 from row 2, grave number 3, in Cemetery 11 on Tarawa. Cemetery 11 was just inland from what had been Red Beach 1 during the evasion on November 20, 1943. Ironically, X-277 was the 532nd and the very last set of remains recovered from Tarawa by the Army Graves Registration Service. Agris was unable to identify unknown X-277 in the field, and the remains were shipped to the Army Central Identification Laboratory in Honolulu for forensic testing. 
at the Central Identification Laboratory on 12 January 1948, Dr. Charles Snow examined the remains and determined the following about X-277. X-277 was a white male. He stood 70.1 inches tall and he weighed from 150 to 165 pounds. Dr. Snow estimated that he was 22 to 23 years of age and that his shoe size was 9.5 double E. Three skull photographs were taken of X-277. The wounds found on the body of X-277 included a fractured skull, fractured left innominate, a left scalpel, a left humerus, and a right fibula fracture. Dr. Snow also wrote that X-277 was a, quote, large, well-muscled, large-jointed, narrow-hipped young man with closely knit shoulders. He estimated that the face was rather large and quite rectangular in shape. Dr. Snow thought that in profile the nose appears to have had a large, convex shape. The mouth parts are slightly projected. The upper lip was probably short. The chin was average and has an average projection and forms a rather deep bilateral eminence of small width. Dr. Snow also was able to say that the beginning of arthritis was throughout the lumbar column. Property found on the body included one United States Marine Corps rough leather shoe, the right foot, size 9.5 double E. Also found was one cigarette lighter. Unknown X277 presented a dental profile with 26 of the 32 original teeth intact, and there was prior dental work evident in the remains. The skeleton in the case of X277 was approximately 95% complete. And there the case sat without any progress for 63 years until I picked up the file on 16 December 2011 while a member of JPAC. The pertinent data set for unknown X277 described by Dr. Snow in 1948 were added to my self-designed computerized random incident statistical correlation or risk system. This is a database I used for all the Tarawa casualties. The biometric data for all of the individuals still listed as missing from the Battle of Tarawa was compared to unknown X277, which resulted in a list of most likely matches. A 21-year-old Marine from Hobart, Oklahoma, Corporal Claire Eulen Goldtrap, was one of the 514 missing American servicemen who remained unaccounted for as a result of the Battle of Tarawa in November 1943. And Corporal Goldtrap was on the list that my wrist system identified as a most likely match for unknown X-277. Corporal Goldcrap was called Goldie by his buddies, <laughs> probably because his first name was Claire. Can you imagine the ribbing he took from his fellow Marines when they heard that his first name was Claire? It's no wonder that he preferred to be called Goldie. Goldie was a crewman on an LVT-1, which is an amphibious tractor, and he was a cigarette smoker. He wore size 12 and a half socks and preferred a size 10 double E shoe. Goldie was killed on Red Beach 1 on 20 November 1943 in an area called the Bird's Beak on Red Beach 1 when his Amtrak 
unlucky number 13, stalled at the log seawall. He was killed when a Japanese 75mm shell or a mortar round exploded inside the cabin of his LVT. In the explosion, one of Goldie's ribs seriously wounded the Amtrak sergeant. The problem, and yes, all history's military mysteries have a problem or else they wouldn't be mysteries, was that Corporal Goldtrap's official military records listed him as buried in Cemetery 33 on the opposite end of the island from where he landed. Then in May 2014, the Foundation was fortunate to locate Sergeant Edward Gazelle in Lincoln Park, Michigan, who provided the solution to the problem. Sergeant Gazelle was a supply sergeant for C Company, 2nd Tank Battalion, who somehow made it unwounded to Red Beach 1 on the morning of 20 November 1943, after seeing many of his buddies machine gun in the water while attempting to wade hundreds of yards to the shore after their Higgins boat grounded on the reef. The next day, Sergeant Gazelle assisted the chaplain in burying the dead that accumulated along the beach line about 300 or 400 yards to the right of where he had landed. Recently, we caught up with Sergeant Gazelle at a golf course in Tucson, Arizona, where he played a masterful 44 on nine holes. And, well, let's let Sergeant Gazelle tell his story in his own words. Okay, Sarge, uh, tell me what you remember about helping the chaplain recover the bodies on Tarawa. Well, I was over there to help him. They were bringing the bodies off the beach to the hot, to the hot sun beach, and I went over to help the chaplain, and they would bring a, a body by the stretcher. I would pick him up by the belt, and they would take the stretcher away, and I'd lower him in the grave, in the sand. One time I picked up a body. It said gold on it. I said, uh, I said to the chaplain, I said, Padre, this is, this is out of your faith. The chaplain looked at me. He says, we all pray to the same godson. And we kept on going. They would bring more bodies. I would, bring them, I would pick them up off the stretcher. They would... Take the stretcher away, I'd lower them in the sand. And uh, I buried about 35 bodies uh, with the chaplain. And, and the chaplain would take off their dog tags? Would take would... A, the chaplain would take a, would cut the bottom of their dog tags and record the name. Ah, so. okay. Well, thank you, Sergeant. You're going to help us find Gold Trap. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Thinking that with a name like Gold, the dead Marine could not be a Catholic like the chaplain, Sergeant Gazelle said, as you've heard, Padre, this guy is not of your faith. And the chaplain said, We all pray to the same God, son. Our foundation investigation quickly determined there was only one Marine killed in action on Tarawa with gold in his name. That person was Corporal Claire Eulen Goldtrap. I didn't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out that the Marine who Sergeant Gazelle helped the chaplain bury near Red Beach 1 was Corporal Goldtrap to the exclusion of every other Marine killed on Tarawa. And Cemetery 11, where X-277 was recovered, was only about 300 yards from the exact spot where Sergeant Gazelle made landfall on that horrific fire-swept portion of Tarawa in 1943. 
The historical account by Sergeant Gazelle and the biometric analysis by the risk system melded perfectly to indicate only one logical conclusion. Unknown X-277, the last body recovered off Tarawa in 1946, was Corporal Claire Eulen Goldtrap. On 1 June 2018, the Department of Defense announced that Corporal Goldtrap had been identified by the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory in Dover, Delaware. Over 10 months later, on 4 March 2019, the Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency finally admitted that Corporal Goldtrap was unknown X-277, just as I had predicted in my official report to JPAC in 2011 and confirmed by the Foundation investigation with Sergeant Gazelle's help in 2014. But the best news of all, Goldie goes home. Goldie goes home for burial with his family in his hometown of Hobart, Oklahoma, population 3,900, on April 10, 2019. Corporal Goldtrap, we've been praying a long time for you to come back, and we really do all pray to the same God, son. Welcome home, Goldie. And, if you're listening, Sergeant Gazelle, thanks for helping us bring Corporal Goldtrap home. Thanks for the golf lesson. And thanks for honoring me with your friendship. You are my hero. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes. You can now subscribe to listen free on Apple Podcasts, or whichever platform you like to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to tune in every Saturday when we will post a new episode of History's Military Mysteries Missing in Action. Episodes of No Home for Heroes are produced from the actual investigative case files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation, dedicated to providing information to the families of missing American servicemen and missing American servicewomen. As always, we greatly appreciate your comments, and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. Our next episode is titled, A Weavy Sailor Reports Home. A sailor missing from the battleship USS West Virginia, lost in 1941, is finally identified. You sure don't want to miss hearing how an MIA for over 75 years was found only a few miles from where his battleship was sunk at Pearl Harbor. Until next time, be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. <laughs>